Podcasting, The Final Frontier. This is the Hammer Podcast. It's 30-minute mission to rehash geeky topics, to seek out new bastions of nerdiness, to timidly go where the more talented have gone before. Greetings, and welcome to the Hammer Podcast, the official podcast of thehammerstrikes.com. My name is Gene Hendricks, and this time I'm going to tackle the feedback I've been getting on these shows. Since I have a few emails to get to, let's not waste any time. Our first two messages come from Chris Franklin, listed as Chris and Cindy, but I really don't think Cindy had anything to do with it, of the Supermates podcast, as well as the Power Record show over on Fire and Water. The first one deals with the Changes show I did with Tom Harris. He writes, Hey Gene, I really enjoyed your Changes episode. A nice, healthy, non-teeth-gnashing discussion on comic changes. I have to admit, I haven't been keeping up with Thor or Cap's titles for years and years. Cap has been replaced so many times, I think of this as a non-issue, and actually think it's cool that they finally picked Sam to fill in. If Thor loses an arm, that's a bit much. I have a hard time with all the dismemberment going on in comics nowadays. A generation of writers who grew up watching Saw movies, maybe? Look at the Joker. Or on second thought, don't. Anyway, I do agree that the Thor bit reeks a bit more of a stunt than the Cap one, but that may ultimately depend on who the mysterious female turns out to be. Maybe it will be more organic than it seems. It will be interesting to see if they keep this going past Avengers 2 next summer. After all, everyone was right that Marvel put Peter Parker back in play in comics by the time ASM 2, that's Amazing Spider-Man 2, by the way, hit theaters. A very fun show, and I'll definitely be checking out Tom's show now, Chris. Yeah, I would suggest anyone who hasn't checked out Radio Free Asgard, you really should. It, Tom does a great job going through all the Thor books of all the different eras, and he'll tell you what he likes, what he doesn't like, and best of all, he does funny voices, as you heard me attempt to do on the Christmas Carol episode. But what Chris is saying, and what Tom and I tried to do, is we tried to have a logical, reasoned discussion. And that's something that, unfortunately, not enough people do on the internet nowadays. Now it's all, oh, this is the greatest thing ever, or oh, this is the worst thing ever. There's no middle ground. And I guess it's just something that has pushed me further away from the current comics, uh, is the culture, as well as what's actually going on, like all the dismemberment that Chris referred to. Chris's next email is about the Incredible Hulk show I did with Chris and Mike from the Ninjaverse, which he calls Legends of the Hulk. Hey Gene, I thoroughly enjoyed your Hulk episode with the Ninjaverse guys. I wasn't aware of their show, so I'll definitely be checking that out. And as an aside, this is Gene again. Yes, you should. The Ninjaverse, they deal with everything. Movies, comics, video games, wrestling, everything. You enjoy what I do here? Go check them out. Chris continues. I'm with you guys. The Incredible Hulk TV show holds up so well today, it's incredible. Unlike the Spider-Man series, thanks for the plug, uh, he covered the Spider-Man uh, premiere movie with Andy from Hey Kids Comics over on Superman. It is well-conceived on all levels, so you don't need nostalgia to swallow it. I've got the best of DVD compilation, and my whole family, yes, even Cindy, have enjoyed watching it from time to time. I need to get the rest of the series as well. I like the recovering alcoholic analogy. I never thought of it that way, but it works, and certainly speaks to the raging spirit that dwells within Angle. I believe that Iron Man 70s TV movie with something called Exo Man. 
I'd never heard of it until that fan trailer hit the net a few years back. Chris. Well, as Chris said, the uh, that recovering alcoholic thing, that's something I never thought of either. Mike over at the Ninjaverse did a bang-up job bringing that alcoholic analogy up because it, you can see it. Once, once it's in your head, you can see, you know, every time he has a Hulk out, David Banner essentially falls off the wagon and then he ruins what it what he's built up and he has to move on so i thought that was brilliant and again if you have not checked out the ninjaverse definitely go over there ninjaverse.wordpress.com i believe is the web address and i will be linking to uh chris and cindy's supermate website in the show notes as well now we move on to the Greek God Show and some feedback from Sean Engel of Just One of the Guys and Listen to the Prophets, among others. And Sean is one of those prolific podcasters out there. He writes, Dear Gene, first off, it's great to hear that you put out another episode of the Hammer Strike Show, especially since it's on the subject of the Greek pantheon. In high school, I was able to take an advanced learning course that covered various world religions, in Oklahoma no less, and learning about the Greek and Roman, I know, separate but similar gods, was one of the highlights of the course. I also had a love for the stories due to many Ray Harryhausen films I watched as a youth. The Jason films, Clash of the Titans, even the Italian Hercules all had tales that captured my young imagination. So hearing you talk on the subject and lay out some of the tales, real treat. I would like to put the uh, the email on pause there and just let you know that, you know, uh, I replied to Sean when he sent this email and I told him, you know, Greek lore has been a soft spot for me as well. And Clash of the Titans was one of the major focuses of that. I wanted to learn more about these gods that were portrayed on the screen and what they did found out, you know, Perseus and Pegasus actually weren't in the same story. But that's the kind of thing you do. You, you find something that interests you and you start learning more about it and getting the background and everything. It does not lessen my enjoyment of the movie or any of Harryhausen's other uh, Greek-inspired things like Jason and the Argonauts, etc. But it does give you a nice background things and, you know, where these stories come from and all that. Sean goes on. Also, I'd like to commend you on the statement that belief in a deity slash group of deities and the belief in theories such as the Big Bang are not mutually exclusive. I feel that both are just mankind's way of attempting to rationalize their place in the cosmos. Yes, the latter can be backed up with far more empirical evidence, but that shouldn't be a reason to outright dismiss a person's desire to make sense of the unexplained. Just my thoughts. Anyhow, I look forward to more shows like this, as well as your new anime freak show with Dr. Bill. Sean. Oh, thank you again, Sean. And yes, the uh, I I had to put that creationist evolution deities, you know, intelligent design, whatever you want to call it. I am an engineer. I have a master's of science in engineering degree. So I know empirical evidence. I like scientific theory. I I like finding the rationale of this is how the universe works. But, and that's a very big but, that does not mean it is mutually exclusive of a religious belief. I am religious, as I said in the Greek God show, or possibly the original mythology episode. I am a heathen. I worship the Norse gods, Odin, Thor, Freyr, Tyr, all the whole shebang. But that doesn't mean I don't subscribe to the theory of the Big Bang or love the Cosmo show with uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Great stuff. I love learning the science behind these things. And that you can do both. It, it's My brain hasn't exploded yet. <laughs> I am actually able to see both. And if new, I have to go with the Bill Nye side of things in the uh, the famous debate that people see referenced on Facebook all the time. 
is if new evidence comes to the fore, if I find new evidence that will change something that I believe in, fine, I will accept the new evidence. But I may just find a way to work that new evidence in and explain my Norse cosmology as well. So, you know, they're not mutually exclusive. But thank you again, Sean. And again, if you have not checked out just one of the guides or listened to the prophets or Vault of Monster Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror or Walking Dead Wednesday or Parallel Lines, the Tangent Universe podcast, you gotta check them out. All great shows. Next up, also on the Greek God Show, is a message from Tim Elliott. And Tim is, I believe, the only non-podcaster that wrote me in all this bunch of emails, but Tim is a very good friend of the Two True Freaks Network, and I thank you for taking the time. He says, Hammer Podcast number six, or It's All Greek to Me, is the title. Hello, Gene. Great show on the Greek gods. Keep the mythology shows coming. I have to admit, most of my knowledge of mythology comes from my copy of D&D's Deities and Demigods. I don't know if I pronounced that quite right, but we'll go with it. Keeping this extremely short, as I have to go walk the dog. Cheers, Tim. Well... Knowing what it's like to be a dog owner, I understand, Tim. Uh, don't worry, I will be going on with the mythology stuff. I may not go back to Greek next time. I may go American Indian. I may go Norse. I may go yeah, Mayan. I, I'm not sure, but I love mythology. I love delving into the stories and, and the gods and everything, so you will definitely be seeing more of that from me. Tim also wrote in on the role-playing games episode I did with Shag. The Hammer Strikes number 7 or plus 3 Entertainment. And that's a very high rating for those of you that do not play role-playing games. Thank you very much, Tim. Hello, Gene. Another entertaining episode of The Hammer Strikes. I enjoyed the trip down memory lane with you and Shag. I did not realize traditional RPG games were still around. I thought with the coming of World of Warcraft and card-based games, the old pen and paper games had fallen by the wayside. I dabbled with RPGs in my youth, beginning with the first edition D&D back in 1981, but my game of choice was Gamma World. I leaned more towards sci-fi, and Gamma World was right in my wheelhouse. My time in the RPG arena was short. My small group can never get organized enough to really sit down and actually play a game. We spent more time prepping than playing, and as we entered high school and started working, our interests changed. I think it's great you held on to your love of role-playing games and still play. I've only actually played D&D, Gamma World, and Star Frontiers. I own, but never played, Robotech, Doctor Who, Star Trek, GURPS, Human Acts, Marvel Superheroes, and Star Wars. Many of these I purchased for the reference material. Keep the shows coming. Cheers, Tim. Well, thank you again for writing in, Tim. And, yeah, uh, pen and paper games are still around, and they are still publishing new ones, believe it or not. I... I don't know. Maybe it's the way my mindset works. I enjoy video games, but... I'm the kind of person that if I don't know the person I'm playing a video game with, like whether they're in the same room or across the ocean or whatever, I tend to solo games, meaning I play even in multiplayer games, I play on my own, which is why I like games like Skyrim. But now that my daughter has discovered the PlayStation and Disney Infinity, guess what? I don't play a lot of video games anymore. So, you know, I, I like the pen and paper stuff just because the, it's so much more open. I mean, you keep hearing these video games talked about um, as open world concepts and etc., etc. But it's one of those things where, yeah, it's open as long as the programmers programmed it. Like, you can't climb a mountain unless they program that you can climb that mountain. Whereas pen and paper, the only limit, the, literally the only limit is your imagination. And that's just something I like. 
All right, time for a quick break, and then back with more emails. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am back. You need to take the trash out. Hey, I'm trying to make a trailer for a podcast. Oh, you mean Supermates, the husband and wife geek cast? Why, yes, that is what I mean. The show where you and I discuss all things geeky. Comics, TV, movies, books, you name it. Well, are you going to tell them that you can find the show at www.supermatescomic.blogspot.com? Well, I think you kind of already did. And that new shows will be posted bi-weekly every two weeks? I was, but you just kind of did that too. Well, see, now you can go take out the trash. Great. So join us, Cindy. And Chris. Franklin. For the Supermates, the husband and wife geek cast at supermatescomic.blogspot.com. Hi folks, Sean Ingle here. And Strange Disembodied Voice here. And we're here to talk about the new direction going on over at Just One of the Guys, a Green Lantern podcast. Like our in-depth coverage of the Howard Chaykin pen, Guy Gorker, collateral damage. No, because that book was utter sh**. But we are moving into the Judd Winnick run on Green Lantern, where we'll get stories about psychotic ring wielders, teenage sexual identity issues, and Kyle becoming a nearly godlike being. And yet, still not as weird as Guy Gardner's warrior face. Yeah, you may have a point there. Plus, we'll be covering the ancillary books that came out at the same time, including Circle of Fire, A Thousand and One Emerald Knights, The Black Circle Green Arrow Crossover, and so much more. Which would easily make up for not covering collateral damage. Also, if you're subscribing to the show via iTunes, be sure to go to Two True Freaks Presents Just One of the Guys to make sure you get new episodes updated weekly. So, they kicked you off the main feed? No, they just streamlined it, so the Two True Freaks proper shows would only be on it. Are you sure it's not because Scott doesn't want a Green Lantern podcast on the network? Uh, no. In fact, he's spoken very glowingly about the show. I mean, he's even offered to come on into a guest bit. He said he really likes it, and despite his fact that he doesn't like Green Lantern all that much, he's come check out Just One of the Guys over at TwoTrueFreaks.com and subscribe in iTunes at Two True Freaks Presents Just One of the Guys. You'll be glad you did, or double your money back. And we're back with another email from Chris Franklin, this time on the Star Trek The Motion Picture Show I did with Scott Gardner. Hi, Gene and Scott. I enjoyed your celebration of Star Trek The Motion Picture's 35th anniversary. Just an aside from Gene here. Holy crap, I feel old. Anyway, after hearing Scott's earlier pleas for folks to give the movie another chance, I dusted off my Director's Cut DVD a few months back and watched the film with my son. For years, my opinion had been that of everyone else. It's slow. It's too hung up on its effects. But the music is awesome. Having watched it again, I hate to say my opinion didn't change that much. It is a gorgeous piece of filmmaking, for sure. The visuals truly are stunning, and Scott's right, Trek never looked better. Okay, the uniforms have looked better, except for Kirk's Admiral uniform, which is indeed awesome, but the rest of the film looks great. The story is very Trek-like. Heck, Ilya and Decker do go where no man or woman has gone before. But my major hang-up is the Trek crew is very subdued. Now, we know our beloved captain can get a bit over-hammy at times, but I feel he was a bit too undercranked here, as was everyone else, except maybe McCoy. I'm not looking for jokes, but the very human, raw emotions we normally got from the series are missing. I think this has to do with Roddenberry's evolving notion of what Star Trek was. 
this type of detached humanity continued in The Next Generation. Having seen all the other classic crew Trek films, my son wasn't too keen on this one. He prefers Star Trek 3 overall. But I do appreciate yours and Scott's passion for the film. I just don't completely share it. It's a good movie and should never be called a bad film. It is a good science fiction film, I just don't feel like the end result seems very Trek-like, or what I consider Trek-like. But variety is the spice of life. Chris. Yeah, I freely admit, this is, movie is not for everyone. I'm not a fan of the, the new Abrams Trek, but there are people that love it. Fine, no problem, to each his own. But Chris did something that we specifically asked for, and he gave it another chance. Whether the end result was to come around to our way of thinking, or reaffirm, as he did, his original thought of it, he at least gave it that chance, and I would like to thank him for that. Tim Elliott also dropped me a line on the motion picture. The Hammer Podcast number 8, or The Hammer Adventure is Just Beginning. Boy, that sounds like a, a nice tagline for a trailer or something. Greetings, Gene. Once again, you have delivered a stellar podcast. Well, this is an aside. Uh, Tim, the check's in the mail. I greatly enjoyed your retrospective on Star Trek The Motion Picture with Mr. Gardner. I remember going to the cinema on opening night when it hit the big screen. I still have my ticket stub from that 7pm Friday night showing. I agree with both you and Scott that this film is unjustly criticized. I feel it's largely due to the Star Wars backlash. Star Wars has so thoroughly entrenched the idea of what sci-fi should be in the public eye that a slower-paced, thoughtful film didn't have a chance. This is not a bash on Star Wars. I feel both can coexist in a fan's heart. I love both, but I do lean more towards Star Trek. The motion picture is closer to the original series than the movies that follow it. The story is more serious, as is the acting. The humor is more organic and grows out of character and is not tacked on. Some of the silliness that creeps into the later films makes me cringe. I think because Star Trek's 2 through 6 all have the same look, same customs, and entire continuity, Star Trek the motion picture is treated like a distant cousin. I never felt that the motion picture was bad, but it did take me some time to appreciate it after the thrill ride that is Wrath of Khan. I would love for this film to find its way into a midnight movie rotation. I agree that Wise wanted to slowly build the tension and the mood of the film. He lets you savor each scene like a good steak. If you want a Wendy's triple burger rammed down your throat, I suggest the Abrams films. Till next time, cheers, Tim Elliott. <laughs> uh, I laughed when I first read that, and I'm laughing now. It's Yeah, it's basically it. You know, The motion picture is the complete opposite of the Abrams film. And again, that's not a rip on the Abrams films. It's not my cup of tea. But like Tim, I am a fan of both Star Trek and Star Wars. It's one of those things where they're different. They are you, it's not mutually exclusive again. It, you can like them both for different reasons. Star Trek is not hard sci-fi, but it is definitely not the space opera that Star Wars is. And I think that's probably where a lot of the uh, issues that I have with Abrams Trek comes from. I didn't want a Star Wars film when I went to see it. I wanted a Star Trek film. But that's enough of that. <laughs> Chris Franklin again wrote in, but this time about my dramatic reading of A Christmas Carol. Gene, just wanted to drop you a quick line to wish you and yours a Merry Christmas and tell you how much I enjoyed your reading of A Christmas Carol. It is one of my all-time favorite stories as well, and I never tire of rereading it or watching multiple adaptions of it every Christmas. You did an outstanding job of it, and it put me in the Christmas spirit as I worked my last day of the year before break. Again, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, Chris. The fact that it didn't make your ears bleed is 
quite shocking to me, but thank you for the praise, Chris. I appreciate it. I don't know if I'm going to be doing anything of that length again unless I'm paid, but we shall see. Sean Engel also had some things to say about the Christmas Carol episode. Dear Gene, I just wanted to compliment you on your excellent reading of Dickens' Christmas Carol. I'm certain that many people of our vintage have seen the filmed versions in various forms with various actors, from Patrick Stewart to Bill Murray, from Alastair Sim to George C. Scott. I'm intentionally omitting Jim Carrey, as I would prefer to omit Jim Carrey from all things that tend to bring joy into the world. But I would wager that very few have ever fully read the story upon which these films were based, much less had it read in full to them in such an entertaining manner. Your check's in the mail too, Sean. Yes, there were times that Dickens got a bit wordy with the descriptions, especially the depictions of food. But to hear the story in its entirety showed how all these movies took sometimes the basic idea of the tale and put only that on screen. Listening to you read this was a joy, and I commend you for being able to do it. Even with simple short stories, I myself had fumbles with words and what have you. But yours was a professional production. Too bad DeManzo has an alternative definition of professional for his employees, as this most certainly won't garner a Christmas bonus. Sincerely, Sean Angle. Yeah, it's one of those things, it was a labor of love, and that's all I got paid. <laughs> you have no idea how many flubs there were in that production, Sean. I think a few actually did make it into the final product, but I cut out a good third of what I recorded just because I had to keep repeating myself because I couldn't get through it all, and holy crap, do I need to learn how to breathe when I read these things. Anyway, now we have a couple of emails about the show as a whole. The first one comes from Aaron Moss of the Head Speaks and Task Force X podcasts. He writes, Hey Gene, I just found your podcast when Shag guested on the role-playing episode. Damn Shag, now I have another podcast to listen to. Gene here. Uh, that was kind of the point. <laughs> I'm, I'm piggybacking on Shag's popularity to uh, increase my download numbers. It's shameless, isn't it? I downloaded the other nine episodes of your show and have listened to the first five of them. I have to say, great work, Gene. I'm enjoying your podcast very much. I like the short segments as I can fit more of them in. I like your Legends of the Superhero show also. Brings back great memories. Like you, I too am a fan of comics from the mid-80s and the 90s. This area is also my joy. Thanks for the great show. Aaron Brotherhead Moss. Well, thank you very much, Aaron. Head, whatever the hell I'm going to call you. Uh, if you have not listened to Head Speaks, I can't speak for Task Force X yet because I haven't listened to those episodes. I'm working my way through the Fantastic Cast, and that can, it's going to take me a while. But I would highly recommend Head Speaks. Uh, it's on the longer side of things, but that's perfectly fine. And I have to tell you that Aaron has specific points of view. And he sticks to them and backs them up. And I, you may not agree with them all the time, but you should certainly listen to them. Our last email comes from Ron, just Ron, of Dinner for Geeks fame. He wrote a response to an email I sent to them, and he was obviously bottling this up for a while. Now, I'm going to do this one a little bit different. He has broken this into a show-by-show -show review, and I'm going to pause after each entry of his for my response. Otherwise, you know, you're not going to remember what I'm responding to. Gene. I was originally leery on listening to your show. First, I figured you were some genie come lately just trying to sponge off of our success on Dinner for Geeks. And second, I really didn't want to hear about Thor anymore, or ever. So when you started your Legends of the Superhero series within a series, I took notice. I am a big fan of the live-action superhero adaptions. 
Though it seems when I check the numbers, I am only batting about 500. So I really enjoyed the merging of my favorite things, comic book films and Swamp Thing and Adrian Barbeau's breasts. I have been listening ever since. Like I said, I had been meaning to write this email earlier, so here is what I was going to say in order of listening to them. Legends of the Superheroes, Swamp Thing. Cool. Enjoyed it from start to end, and hope you guys will follow up with a more thought-out review of the TV series. It wasn't as bad as many have suggested. The second Swamp Thing movie can be ignored. No, really, please. Okay, my response to that is if Rob Kelly is willing to come on and do the Swamp Thing TV series with me, I am perfectly fine with that. I remember watching that show on USA, and it, I loved it. I don't know if I understood exactly what I loved about it, but I did love it. So I, I'd be more than willing to do that, but you know, I'll have to see how much I can drug Rob into coming on. Legends of the Superheroes, Batman. Awesome Spataro and Dr. Bill and Batman 66. Oh wait, did anyone realize they were doing the show beforehand? Reminiscing about the good old days is great, but sometimes watching it before discussing it might be worthwhile too. Still fun, and you and two guys that can tangent off and still be interesting. The whole change in the show format was neat, and I never consciously noticed it, but the moment it was pointed out, I realized it. I am glad to hear that you'll be keeping coming back to Legends of Superheroes. You know, there was two TV specials under that name. When you're up to the challenge, I know where there are some geeks willing to help you out. Alright, back to me again. And thank you very much, Ron. I I am going to tackle Legends of the Superheroes, the actual Legends of the Superheroes shows. I just don't know when yet. And I've never seen them, so I'd have to get a copy of them, etc., etc. But, hey, you... We want to do a Dinner for Geeks Hammer podcast crossover? I am all for that on that Legends of Superheroes. As far as the tangents and not watching it beforehand and everything, we did watch it beforehand. It's just the way Paul, Bill, and I are when we get together, apparently, is it's just kind of stream of consciousness stuff as, you know, we bring something up and eventually it comes back around and, and all this. And Part of Legends of the Superheroes is just me wanting to talk about these old shows that I love, or some of the movies, you know, that come out more recently and things like that. And I'll give you a peek behind the curtain here, people. I am basically, on the majority of my shows, 100% scripted. I'm not on this one, I'm giving you off-the-cuff uh, responses to the emails, but most of my other shows, I am reading off a of paper. Legends of the Superheroes is not that way, simply because I want it to be a conversation. I want it to go where it goes, and it may come out as a little disjointed depending, but that's just the way it is. That's the way it's going to be. Sorry, Ron, if you don't enjoy that. All right, back to Ron's email. Episode 1, Star Trek. Now that I have an MP3 player, I can catch up on stuff I have ignored. Upside, talk about Star Trek, not Thor. Downside, it's Star Trek The Motion Picture. I know a lot of people who love this film. It was a keystone in a lot of lives and a dream for many that have been waiting to see since the TV show. I am not unimpressed with it. It's look, It looks nice, but the story is mediocre and it doesn't have the chemistry of the main characters down. Alright, well, again, just like Chris Franklin isn't a fan of motion picture, Ron isn't either. Perfectly fine. Uh, that was more... That episode was more of my explanation to why I am a geek, uh, less about the motion picture, but I did a motion picture episode, so I don't think I need to rehash that. Episode 2, Comic Books. We all had a gateway drug, and in the 60s and 70s it was comics. Know where you came from, and you will always know where you are going. Unknown per Ron. Well, that's his entire comment on that. I'm going to take that as favorable. Thank you. Episode 3, Mythology. 
First, I will disagree with you on your definition of mythology. True or imaginary, the point of myths is to teach moral actions. Greeks used the gods to point out the shortcomings of man's emotions. And second, less than 15 minutes? You touched on Greek and Roman and Norse, but nothing even on American mythology. This was the most disappointing show for the potential and so little content. Yeah, I, I understand where Ron's coming from on that, and that was more of, I didn't know how far to go, because some, some people would find that subject dry. I don't. I really enjoy it. But I didn't want to go overboard on the first time that I put it out there. And the fact that I've got so much positive response specifically on that show is why I'm going to keep going with the mythology shows. And I'm going to spotlight specific stories from each mythology like I did with the Greek gods. Back to Ron. Episode 5. Changes. The thing I dread most has come for. But it was good. You and Tom really covered all the points and filled in enough of the history and made solid arguments to be credible. Well, thank you, Ron. Uh, that was something, like I said before, that Tom and I wanted to do going in. We did not want to blow up over anything. We wanted to sit down and say, oh, well, this happened, this happened, uh, this is how we feel because, and things like that. And I think it came out to be fairly successful myself, but thank you. And he continues with Legends of the Superheroes, The Incredible Hulk. Well done. Somehow, without me getting my email about people needing to review the show before talking about it, you got my message. And since you all went on a tangent about the other superhero shows, I will too. I never got to see the Wonder Woman 1974 TV movie with Kathy Lee Crosby. We all need to take a gander. Also, since I can't get Luke Jack and A to cover them, I will remind you that there are other nation superhero shows. Growing up in Hawaii, I was exposed to the tokusatsu, and thank you for Luke for allowing me to pronounce that correctly, shows like Ultra 7 and Heyman Rider V3 and many more. Live action TV and movies based on manga, comic books, characters are common, just not here in the U.S. till recently. Love to hear a human target show on all his version, and not one like the comic book. Maybe a show on films and TV that use superheroes without having them in it. Right off, I can only think of adventures and babysitting, but I'm sure characters appeared even if not under their name. And one last one, to please not forget the serials of the past. They deserve their time in Legends of Superhero. Thanks again, Ronald Sadowski, Dinner for Geeks. Well, yeah, as far as other superhero, other nation superheroes, I have no problem covering them. That is perfectly fine. Right now, though, considering this is only beginning the second year of the podcast. Right now, I am going to be concentrating on those heroes that came out of American comic books. So you, the prerequisite is it had to be in an American comic strip or book before it was live action. I am more than willing to branch out into the uh, tokusatsu stuff, no problem at all. But I think, at least as far as Ultraman goes, Luke is definitely covering that on... Uh, Earth Destruction Directive, and as he's doing a bang-up job, I'm not going to step on his toes. And also, there's just this huge unfamiliarity. You know, I'm I'm at least coming from some kind of place where I can put everything in context. And some of those tokusatsu shows, I don't know what the context is. I'm learning more. I mean, Luke has convinced me you know, to go at least that far. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. We will definitely see. Okay, time for one more break, and then when we come back, I'm going to go over what is planned for the upcoming year on the Hammer Podcast. Uh, 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 feels good. Feels good. Hello, sweetie. My name is Aaron Moss, a.k.a. Head. 
I love Star Wars, comic books, movies, reading, comedy, and most things geeky. Come join me monthly, well, mostly monthly, as I talk about the things I like and a few of the things I hate. Where you may ask, why I'm at Head Speaks. I can be found on iTunes under Head Speaks and at my website at headspeaks.com and then click on Headcasts. Also, you can find me on Facebook and Google+, both under Head Speaks. Come, take a listen. This podcast is not endorsed or affiliated by Kid and Play. Though, that would be cool, huh? I'll go ahead and let Kid and Play finish the promo out. of geekdom here in this restaurant booth are the most powerful forces of geek ever assembled ryan the toy geek scott the award-winning radio host jeff scott's minion and ron just Ron, dedicated to truth, justice, and geek for all mankind, it's Dinner for Geeks. Dinner for Geeks proudly crusades at twotruefreaks.com. Welcome back. First off, let me thank again everyone who wrote in. I enjoy doing this show, but it makes me feel really good when I hear that others are enjoying listening to it. Now, looking ahead, I think I'm going to keep to the monthly release schedule. Right now, I have a few shows in the works, both for the Hammer Podcast and Legends of the Superheroes, so I'm getting a bit of a backlog worked up. Between this show, Anime Freaks, and the Quantum Cast, which is coming back... We will have more Quantum Cast episodes, I promise you. Not to mention the guest spots I'm doing on other shows, I think I've reached my limit as far as the time that I spend doing this. So, even if I build some shows up, I'm still only going to release them once a month, which will give me some breathing room. I do plan on covering more mythology, definitely some Norse stuff, possibly some American Indian, as Ron suggested. There will also be some TV show coverage, mainly with guests. And there might even just be a crossover or two in the works. You never know. I also have an idea for my next holiday episode, rattling around in my head, which will be another dramatic reading, but a little less ambitious this time out. If there is any specific topic you, dear listener, would like me to cover, please drop me a line at gene at thehammerstrikes.com. And if you're enjoying the show, I'd appreciate it if you would give me a review on iTunes. You'll find the show under Two True Freaks Presents The Hammer Podcasts. This would help not only me see who's listening, etc., but also helps other people find the show. The more ratings it gets, the more people are apt to find the show. I should point out, even if you don't enjoy some of the shows, I'd like to hear that too. I would like your feedback regardless of how you think I'm doing. As you can see, some of the feedback didn't like the topics or how I presented them or whatever. That is fine. I like to know this so I can improve moving forward. And I think I'm going to try 
emphasis on try to get feedback out more regularly. I mean, this is my second feedback-only show. I'm going to see if I can manage to work the emails in a little more. Maybe if I do a, uh, a Trennis Magnus kind of thing where I record the email stuff separate and tack it on to the end of the show, that may work. But we'll see how that works. Anyway, thanks very much for listening, and I'll see you next time. The Hammer Podcast is a production of thehammerstrikes.com. Questions and comments can be emailed to gene at thehammerstrikes.com. Look for The Hammer Strikes on Facebook and Google+. Part of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network.